Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. Got another great show lined up. And let me say, happy Christmas, happy Christmas, happy Christmas. If you're, I hope you're celebrating. And in case I miss you, uh, don't get a chance to talk again. Just make sure to know you have a great Christmas. Uh, he he is Lord. Uh, he is born. And uh, what a thing. So uh, Merry Christmas to you. And I uh, will be having a lot of celebrations in the Martin family. And I uh, hope we'll keep them uh been battling already to try to keep everybody focused on the reason for the season, not just who's got a bigger stocking, who's got a bigger present. There's some uh, granny granny sent a present to one kid and not to another. There's a battle going on. It's a lot. But anyway, we, I hope you have a great Christmas uh, praying for uh, peace throughout our world. So good to be with you. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email there, the wink, what you need to know. And... Um, and also follow the great speakers. I, I pre-recorded a couple ones we're going to use over the holiday weekend, excuse me, over the holiday week, and uh, some great ones coming. Uh, great books, uh, great uh, thinkers, and you're going to enjoy it. So we'll, we'll have a lot of fun together. All right. What do you need to know today? What's today's wink? And what today's wink, first of all, is you are, uh, we're living in extraordinary times, right? We are living in some of the most extraordinary times. It's almost impossible uh, to keep yourself up with how much is happening, how many things are moving so quickly. I had a young person tell me about the speed of the development of handheld cameras on your phone, right? And they were saying, you know, the last five years has been one of the most extraordinary. And I I don't know the quality of the thing. I could tell my phone is unbelievable. One of the things that's crazy about my phone is the lighting now. I have an iPhone uh, 12 and it it makes it light wherever you are. It it just is pretty incredible. But um, so I enjoy that. But it is incredible times we live in. Incredible times with technology, incredible times with our participatory uh, democracy, our democratic republic, incredible times in terms of the corruption of institutions. The fake news is horrendous. Uh, the fake campaigns are horrendous. All of it. It's unbelievable. But we also live in a time of incredible opportunities, and we should be celebrating that. One of the opportunities that is just unbelievable. It's just it's so much fun is you can find communities of people who care about what you care about or are interested or respectful or this and that all over the place because of social media, because of the internet, because of the ability to travel, or even that that's a little bit tied up by the, the uh, pandemic we're in. But it's extraordinary how... Um, how uh, many opportunities there are in our lives to uh, to uh, be improving and exposing uh, ourselves to new ideas and all the rest. It's unbelievable. And and I say that because one of the great communities that's been forming for a few weeks now is the folks who believe that the election is being stolen from we the people. And so it was this coalition of, of folks uh, who came together. And later on in the program, I'll talk about Roger Stone. I think he deserves a pardon and I hope he gets a full pardon. He got clemency to, to make sure he didn't go to, to, to jail, but a full pardon is uh, warranted. But Roger Stone in 2018, along with a couple others, started uh, they used the phrase stop the steal about the election in Florida. 
And now this band of brothers and sisters and, uh, you know, kind of old and young have banded together on the Stop the Steal movement. And it is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And I've been doing these uh, Facebook Live videos now in the evening, uh, 10 o'clock East Coast time. You can go to Facebook Live, go to Ed Martin Live, you'll find them. And I've been gathering it. And, and, and I mean, I've been doing those. And I've been learning as much as I'm, I'm I've been learning as much as I've been uh, uh, teaching. And it's extraordinary. Same thing with Periscope, same thing with his radio show, the podcast, everything. It's just if people come together, it's an extraordinary time. And here's what I want to challenge you to think about over this we- the, the weeks of this holiday, because we're going to come back and we're going to face a, an American moment. Something like, something like um, the key moments in our history. I can feel it. You know, key pivotal moments in the history of our nation. And we're going to face one of those on January 6th. Because more and more people know that the election was so irregular. That's what I've been using the phrase election irregularities. I can't prove all of it is fraud, but I can prove it's election irregularities like nothing we've ever seen. And that's happened throughout the six states that swung the election. Right. It, maybe it happened in the others, although it doesn't look like it. But it certainly happened in the six states that swung the election. Coincidence? I don't think so. And so the people, more and more people, and we're banding together, are coming to say on January 6th, do your job, Congress. The Constitution says so. Do your job. What you need to know is on January 6th, we need our senators, our congressmen. And you know what? If they betray us, at least we'll see it. And I, that's what I fear the most, to be honest. I fear that the, the betrayers will be, uh, I, what I fear most is that people will say you can't win. Therefore, we're not going to embarrass anybody. You know, you Mitt, Mitt, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney, that's fine. Mitt Romney and Ben Sass and Lisa Murkowski will say, we're not going to vote uh, to give the election to overturn the electoral college because of fraud. We don't think we can do that. And they and therefore they're going to say that and their, their fellow senators are going to say, I don't then we're not going to have a vote. We don't want to put everybody on the spot, put, put everybody on the spot. It's time to put people on the spot. The, the, the hot seat is hot for a reason. The big leagues is big for a reason. It's time for the U.S. Senate, and U.S. House to step up and do their jobs. If they can't do their jobs and take the hard vote, they shouldn't be in office. That's the reality. And so January 6th, remember how it works. What you need to know is what on January 6th, both houses of the U.S. Congress have to accept the Electoral College results. If the Electoral College results they believe are fraudulent due to fraud, due to the fact that they didn't uncover the irregularities until after there was a vote, whatever those things. Remember, the founding fathers put a check and a balance in the system to make sure that we wouldn't get our, 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 our we wouldn't get our country taken away from us. Which, and by the way, I'm not, we got some work to do between now and January 6th to make the case. I see the case and I see the propaganda fake news blocking us from seeing the case. So more Americans think, oh, well, you know, it's over because they can't see what we see because I'm looking at it every day. But when you see what's what's happened, you get a sense. And January 6th is going to be a big deal. So first of all, go to stopthesteel.us, stopthesteel.us, and you can track in there. If people, if you're already coming January 6th, if people are caravanning from all over the country, you can go to stop, excuse me, you can email directly, jan6, as in January 6th, at stopthesteel.us. That's a special email. You put that in there. Our folks will say, hey, here, here's a group coming from here. Here's a caravan. Let's band together. It's going to be an extraordinary 2021. It's going to start with uh, an, a moment uh, of historic value, <clears throat> excuse me, an import. 
So uh, be a part of it. All right. Uh, let's get back. Let's get to it. We got some great guests today. We will talk with our old friend Greg Wrightstone about the climate. And we'll also talk with Mary Flynn O'Neill, an extraordinary woman, about what she sees in some of the same problems we heard about yesterday with the family and the family courts. So we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend, Greg Wrightstone. It's been far too long. We haven't had Gregory Wrightstone on the program. He is, of course, the, uh, of course, the author of InconvenientFacts.xyz. He's got a blog over there and, uh, of course, the famous book, Inconvenient Facts, The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. He's got a newsletter. And uh, great to catch up, Greg. How are you? Oh, really good. Really good. Waiting. Uh, we're supposed to get slammed with another snowstorm here back here in Pittsburgh and some more of that. Oh. We got another couple inches of global warming coming our way. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We're, t- uh, we're talking with Greg Wrightstone. And Greg, um, I wanted to ask you this. Now, we're at the end of 2020. It's been this extraordinary year in a million different ways. But early in this year, way back, I think in April or so, you had tweeted something about, hey, the first four months of this year, um, you know, have, have dramatically there's there's been uh, uh, CO2 emissions uh, have uh, have changed. And you posted about this 2020, the end of the year. Where are we on this uh, this question that, you know, that we're getting if, if Biden becomes president, he wants uh, John Kerry to renew the crazy policies and, and go that direction. But where are we on the science of what's happening in America, in the world? Well, it looks like there's 2020. It looks like we'll end up with maybe a 7 or 8% reduction in overall carbon dioxide emissions for the year, uh, which is pretty significant. But think what we had to do to get there. And now we're really looking at the COVID, this, these lockdowns being a prelude uh, and maybe a fore, foretelling what's going to happen, what they want, what Biden wants to do uh, with uh, carbon dioxide and climate change lockdowns. Uh, it has to be this significant or more because it hasn't it hasn't affected. And I said the emissions have been reduced, uh, but we have not seen one bit of a difference with atmospheric CO2. So even with all that pain we've gone through, uh, there, there's been no atmospheric reduction in CO2. And they believe just bear in mind that that this is the demon molecule, carbon dioxide. Uh, you know, I call it the miracle molecule, but they believe that. The amount of CO2 in the atmosphere is kind of like the thermostat, where you, could, you can just dial it up and dial it down, and you can change the <laughs> right. Earth's temperature. And it's just crazy. Right. It's, it, it doesn't work that way. So if uh, has Donald Trump, uh, by his policies, I guess it's hard to tell because of this pandemic dramatically changed the economy and all. But I, I told people between the, the president's push to use nuclear and uh, and also his um, his kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of make the world chip in on things and behave. What's how would you give his record after four years on on, on getting things in the right direction? Well, let's just let's talk. He, there's nothing he's done on nuclear. I mean, he might he's not opposed to it, but we're not going to be building any new nuclear reactors. What what he has done is he's freed up the the, the free market system and the energy markets and allowed them to go. Uh, we're now self sufficient in energy for for both oil and natural gas, and it's been that expansion of natural gas that's. Uh, really putting a lot of the coal-fired electricity generation out of business because they, they just can't compete against this uh, terribly low cost for natural gas. For example, Ed, your, your listeners may not realize it, but right now 
uh, we're in the east here and across the United States. Natural gas is selling at the wellhead for about, a, I think, a buck and a quarter. Uh, back before the shale and fracking revolution hit, it was projected to get the $20 per MCF, uh, 15 times what it is today. And so you're, each one of your listeners, if, if they use natural gas to heat their home, um, they're probably saving 2500 bucks a year. And which is that that's a significant amount. That's what right. uh, you know, five times what what they're gonna get for the COVID relief. Um the other thing to look at here, Biden in his climate change proposal, he admits he wants to spend two trillion dollars in the in the first uh, four years of his administration, yeah, like he's going to get a second term, but but uh, four years, two, you know, that's at seventeen thousand dollars per household in the United States is what it, is what his climate change proposal would cost seventeen thousand dollars per household, uh, and that's what that's his vision for America. He wants eight dollar gas, and but then mm-hmm. again, you'll only be able to use that eight dollar gas until you're forced to sell your pickup truck because of course uh, <laughs> no seriously that's what he wants he wants every single he, they will be banned by 20 uh, 20 wow. 50 and then that's what he wants um he wants you to go to electric cars and of course if you're driving an electric car and getting electric you need those batteries and you're relying on on child labor in africa to mine the cobalt that's used for those batteries uh and we're we're really going to be beholden to China for the rare earth minerals that are needed for for solar panels and windmills. Uh, I don't know about you. I don't want to rely on China for for something like that. We're talking with Greg Wrightstone, and again, now uh, make sure you check out uh, Greg Wrightstone's uh, website. Um, always, always a ton there, and uh, I, I'm the uh, blog, and also the book Inconvenient Facts. Um, Gregory, you're a Pennsylvania guy, and you watch the impact of the president's policies on fracking and other stuff. Do, do you look at the election and think there's no way this way it played out that the way they say it did in Pennsylvania? Yeah, there's. Boy, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I, I know from my own personal experience how easy it would have been to, to cheat in this election. As you know, our our eldest son passed away about four years ago unexpectedly. and We got a, in, in late September, I got a ballot for him, uh, an application for him to vote, who's been deceased mm. for four years. I mean, I, how easy would that have been for me to just send it in and have them send me a ballot, and then I could go vote for him? Wow. And that was just that was just me. And how many times did that play out across uh, wherever it was? And we just, and we just, it's, I don't know. Well, and, and can I ask you about that, Gregory? Was, had, mm-hmm. was that after the last election? So would it, would it, would it have been, uh, or well, did he die before the last year. president? For no, the, I know, but the last, had he voted in the 2016 election? No. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. What a crazy, that's, I hadn't heard, I mean, I wish I'd heard that story. That's what I mean. There's something going on dramatically. Um, well, all right. Now back to this, uh, back to the current moment on what, what you expect to see, or I might want to ask you this one. What's the rest of the world done? They always threaten America. They always say America, uh, is the problem. What, what's the rest of the world done? Well, we're really leading, uh, the world uh, not in terms of, of renewables. That's probably Germany. And they're probably paying twice or th- actually three times as much for their energy and the electricity as what we are and having all sorts of problems. Uh, but we're leading the world in terms of reducing 
uh, greenhouse gas emissions here. And again, that's because of the free markets and capitalism. We're reducing it because we're freeing up uh, the energy companies to go drill and exploit natural gas. Uh, and it's that business right now uh, is in a, in a real trouble because the, the price is just so low. Uh, and some, hmm. sometimes they're actually paying in, in West Texas in the Permian Basin. They're actually, some of these companies pay the natural gas company to take their gas. And, and so really? they can't flare. Because <laughs> if they want to move the oil and get the oil out, well, there's natural gas that comes along with it. Uh, so in mm. some cases, they're paying, you know, 15 or 20 cents per thousand cubic feet for the gas company just to take it. Uh, mm. A lot of people don't know that. It's it's kind of crazy, uh, the system. What So what is your prediction in the in the next uh, year or two? If it's a Biden administration, what happens? Uh, no. what, what do you think happens? Tell me what you think. I mean, and does it does he does is he all talk or is it going to go that direction? Oh, my goodness. He's not all talk. He, all we have to do is look at who he's named for his administration. He's named he's, he calls he's he says all of his people in his cabinet and all of his the, the, the cabinet level appointees are going to part part of his climate change team. Everyone's going to work together. Uh, we've got John Kerry as the climate envoy. And I could can't you imagine now, John Kerry, three years ago, uh, stated that no matter what the United States did for ca- uh, carbon dioxide emissions and greenhouse gas emissions, it wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. And wow. that's because wow. China and India continue to increase year after year after year. And so no matter what we did, it wouldn't make a difference. Well, can't you imagine John Kerry going to China and coming back, he meets with, with President Xi and comes back waving a document that's, that Xi, Xi signed uh, and saying, oh, I've saved the earth. You know, we got we only had 12 years to survive. <laughs> and, and, and now we've rolled, you know, Xi, the, the Chinese are going to have agreed to reduce their carbon dioxide emissions by 2050 by X percent. And now we're, we get, you know, we can survive. Uh, I could see him rolling back these tariffs and other things that uh, – Trump has worked for the last four years to level the playing field, and then we've got just yeah. you can just go down the you can go down the list of these these people. We've got Gina McCarthy as his climates are who's she's trouble. Kerry's kind of mm-hmm. incompetent. Gina McCarthy is very mm-hmm. competent, and she's she means mm-hmm. business. Like O'Regan at EPA, Pete Buttigieg for transportation. Uh, just pointed mm-hmm. Deb Holland for interior, which is problematic. Uh, and there's, you just go. These are r- true radical people that really believe that we need. You know, the Earth is uh, looking at an existential threat from climate change. Well, it's going to be a worry, but you know, maybe it's going. To, it probably is if, it, if if there's a President Biden and his administration, and I still hope there's not. They'll probably need. We'll need more Greg Wrightstone to explain what's going on. Gregory Wrightstone again. The website is inconvenientfacts.xyz. Merry Christmas, Gregory. Thanks for all you do. Thanks, Ed. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report, back in a moment. (music) 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, the issue, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Well, we did a segment about this yesterday, and I, I, I just, I've told you that I find this uh, issue uh, so powerful and important. Yesterday, we talked with Mark and Terry uh, Stamen, who are over at uh, letourchildrengo.wordpress.com, and they talked about what happened to them. And I spent uh, a better part of a day a few weeks ago with uh, Mary O'Neill, Mary Flynn O'Neill, uh, General Flynn's sister. And one of the things that she's experienced this in her own life, the the imposition, the abuse of power by the state uh, in families. And I thought I wanted to get, well, she was on a few, maybe a month or two ago with the Stamens, and it was not easy to do. And I thought, we just talked to Mary. So welcome, Mary O'Neill. How are you today? I'm great, Ed. How are you? I'm doing fine. Now, listen, you come from the Flynn family, so you know siblings. You had nine total, eight, eight brothers and sisters, this extraordinary extended family. And so you know all the kinds of dramas of families, all the kinds of ups and downs. Somebody's a winner. Somebody's a loser. You know, families, especially Irish families, some people are one day they're great successes, the next day they're this. And yet in this situation, the government, and when we talk about the government intruding into the families, they're really bullies. So tell me your experience and how, you know, what was, is the American unit, the family, is being sort of beaten into submission by the government. So walk me through how you came to care about this issue. Well, I experienced it with my my old, my middle daughter, um, who went through a very bad divorce with a fellow that was um, a person that she didn't even know. He was a different person when he mar- when he was dating as opposed to when he married her. Uh, you know, the, the secrets came out on this guy. So. She, she, you know, being the kind of family that I come from, we, we stick by our brothers and sisters and our children. So, and they, my kids lost their father. He was a Marine uh, who died young with cancer at 40. And uh, he's mm, in the wow. wing. Yeah. So my kids, so I was a single mom with, with uh, my huh. two kids. And, and you know, I, I, God gave me a, a great, put a great man into my life uh, five, six years later. But anyway, so... My daughter decides to get married. We get into the family court system because she, because I basically helped her get out of the marriage. My husband and I um, now uh, helped her get out of the marriage. Um, it's a very abusive marriage, and then she couldn't have children. She she it was a miracle to have the children, and um, he left her once she had the children, and then he was in and out of those things. So it, it just got to be a very bad situation, and she decided to get divorced. We got into the family court system, and it was a nightmare. It was a huh. nightmare. And I'm coming from a family that was, you know, I'm in, I'm in Rhode Island, so I'm in a small, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's related to everybody. Uh, Newport's a, you know, country club, <laughs> basically. Huh, everybody, right. you know, the judges are... Uh, you know, I found I found the judge's, you know, last name was a name that was, you know, uh, uh, an attorney general. So everybody know, knows everybody. I found I found the system just, you know, lawyers charging people's unreal amounts. of. It's a place where uh, lawyers have, you know, they've run amok. They can they can just bleed somebody um, who has no money. I mean, these families, a lot of them have no money, so they cater to the wealthier families. They were trying to bleed me because they thought, you know, I had money. I didn't have any money. I just was, you know, a, a, a family name that everybody knew, the Flynn's, you know. Like, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of my older brothers and sisters were all, my brothers were in the military all away. Everybody's, you know, this is 12, the children are 12 years old, my grandchildren. <clears throat> this is 12 years ago. And so, you know, right. I went through this 
myself and through through the help of some supportive people I had and and my and my husband now who helped me just support me getting through it because it's it's treacherous 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 and it's very um very sad I observed a lot I I I observed the judge being um, very uh, poor judge. Actually, they removed her from the bench uh, now. There's a new huh. judge now um, who's a great judge, actually. Um, so I, I just observed how bad and tough it was for my daughter. I mean, she was she was in court all the time, and 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 just he was constantly the abuser and trying to take the kids from her, making her look like the abuser. When in reality, the CPS got involved and they just make you go through crazy stuff. The, the, so so basically the breaking of So I learned a lot. OK, right. I, I admitted yeah. myself. With this. I talked a lot. I, I, I knew these lawyers and I, I got a guy who helped us who ended up being a, a you know, a, it was like, you know, the boys club up there and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. so pretty much I'm I'm a fighter. And I grew up between, you know, five boys, and uh, you know, so I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, nobody, yeah, nobody was going to pull the wool over over my head. And, and I grew up between two generals now, right? So, you know, <laughs> right, I, yeah. So I was pretty hardcore myself because I I started to see all the corruption and all the you know money going exchanging hands, and the judge was just a mess. She. She was a judge. A lot of times the judges in the family courts, they're not like judges that they put, they place there. They're not like, you know, they might not have any specialty about, you know, children. And I, and I found this, that they don't really care about the children. It's all about. Well, so I, 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 let me ask, let me ask you, let me ask you that, that the, uh, yeah, your, your experience this, so what? No, I know, but what 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 is it? Is it is it the is it the money? Is it control? I know that some of the system, and we talked earlier to the the Stamens. You know, the foster care system gets a massive amount of money for the uh, the, the uh, Adoption and Safe Families Act, which passed under Bill Clinton. Yet another Bill Clinton law that's supposed to sound good will help people in need, and it turns out the government's paying to put you uh, kids in foster care, and it's lucrative. Is it the money? Is it uh, you know the late Phyllis Schlafly wrote about the the family courts where as you point out the feminists were drawn to be in yeah. there telling you what the family should be what what's your sense on what's the blame here right so she was correct and she was also correct at okay so the family court and has three pieces to it it has the attorneys it has the cps and then it has the family court so these all all these things work together depending on what happens with a with a couple with children okay so the money so cps when CPS gets involved, so a, a couple goes and gets a divorce, so then there becomes a problem. So family court is a civil is a civil court. So a lot of the times the civil court can't handle it. There's actual criminal activity. So they shouldn't be involved. So they shouldn't be involved with the criminal activity of a, of a couple, say, per se, okay? So once CPS gets involved, the state, the federal government gives them all these resources Okay, like, you know, counseling. um, Right. Right. uh, So so any kind of resources that a family, they say to keep the family, the children together with the mother or the whatever the whatever the parent is. Right. So they kind of use all these get all this money and funding. And um, 
first of all, they don't. Family court does not recognize domestic violence. Period. And neither and and the training in the police. The police need more training on domestic violence. That's why you've seen certain police get in trouble by shooting, going into a home, right? So they don't have training on domestic violence. I found that was the problem, too, okay? So, hmm. um, yeah, that's another whole topic. But domestic violence, you know, they, they recognize the domestic violence, but they are not trained properly. And a lot of times in family court, there's domestic violence going on. So that's a criminal right. activity. So they, they actually, that that's kind of like, you know, not the place to be, but like, like, for example, uh, the resources that they give is where the money is. That's where the money comes into the state and the child family services and then the foster care. If they need to go into the foster care system because the parents are, you know, said that there's no, no good parent, which that's the breakup of the family right there. There's no, there's right. no reason why that, that right there should be the, the reason to give kids into foster care, okay? Now, Terry and Mark, what a horrible situation they had, right? So so yeah. they had a kid that, you know, went to a doctor, and that's the other thing. There are doctors and medical doctors that are in psychiatrists, psychologists, all the, they use all these sources, all these medical people, and they use it for their system. They're all bought and paid. There's, there's corruption right there. Okay, and I remember huh, my daughter yep. had a psychological evaluation, and the stuff this right. guy asked my daughter was incredible. Okay, and every huh. report okay. is always written against her. Okay, they're always, you know, yeah. it's always written against her. Okay, you know, or the person. Yeah. And let Terry and Mark experience, you know, you know, they have no business getting involved with their children's medical, you know decision-making and their schooling their education I mean you know that's another thing and their well their religion you know that's another thing the court system just doesn't want to hear anything about somebody's religion you know or anything right like that, you know right uh, 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 right Mary I'm gonna run out of time um, so what's yeah. the answer I mean I got I only have like a, I have a minute left but what what, what do we ha- what are we supposed to do how, how do you tell well, people I know you said fight everybody has to fight for themselves I know but what the system is squashing people well, I mean you're a Flynn yeah. you watched it happen to your brother what, what do people do okay. you know, yeah that's right Ed so I experienced you know this this whole thing with Michael and that your jurors jurisdiction and the judicial yeah. system system so right. so my whole thing is that we have to at the advocacy we have to start to really get looking into the family court system because it's going to have to be that's going to have to be a court yeah. system that needs to be looked into takes a look at yeah yeah we have to we have all right to, it has to be restructured it, it, that's where we need to yeah. start right there you know and child family all right that's to go you know yeah. Okay. I got to, I got to, speaking of having to go, I, I, I got to go. You're too much Irish. You're too much Irish. You, you could talk for, you could do your, you should be a radio host. Uh, uh, all right. Mary uh, O'Neill, Mary Flynn O'Neill, thank you for your time. And uh, we'll track this. I told you it's an important issue to me. Uh, we're going to track it. Merry Christmas to you and to all the Merry Flynn's and to your, the O'Neill's. God bless you. Merry Christmas. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. 
What if I told you that leftist radicals invented an alternative to Christmas because they believed Jesus Christ was a psychopath whose birth shouldn't be celebrated? What if I told you the founder of this fake holiday is a communist professor at California State University, Long Beach, who served time in prison for sexually assaulting and torturing multiple women? What if I told you this holiday is still promoted as legitimate in our public schools nationwide and is often celebrated by those who are not even aware of its dangerous agenda? The so-called holiday I'm referring to is called Kwanzaa. It was invented by the radical Dr. Molana Karenga in 1966. However, the whole thing is a lie, on par with the lies one would expect from Soviet Russia. Despite being portrayed as a holiday with African roots, no one in Africa celebrates it. Even Dr. Karenga's name is a fraud. His real name is Ronald Everett, and he was born the son of a Baptist preacher in Maryland. He's hardly the poster boy for authentic African culture— He's just a disgruntled leftist with an agenda to destroy every vestige of Christianity from our American culture. Observance of Kwanzaa revolves around seven key principles. One of these principles is placing the trust in black teachers and leaders exclusively. Given Dr. Karenga's own statements, it's clear he wants blacks to have faith in these so-called leaders rather than in God or in our nation. Other principles of Kwanzaa are equally dangerous, such as the principle of cooperative economics. The term cooperative economics might sound benign enough, but it's really nothing more than a front for communism. Dr. Karenga calls for black Americans to reject personal responsibility and personal property in favor of spreading the wealth of black businesses to all black people exclusively. That sounds a lot like communism to me. Kwanzaa may be celebrated by fewer than 4% of black Americans, but every public school child is taught to accept it as being equally valid in comparison to Christmas and Hanukkah. We must reject this phony communist wannabe Christmas in our schools, in our homes, and in our communities. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's no secret that globalists are bent on destroying Western culture. Whether the threat comes from inside or outside our borders, America must be protected from cultural Marxism and those who would deny American sovereignty. We're seeking your insight at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be together again. That's some good interviews right there. There are lots of good people today. I want to uh, uh, thank a uh, couple days in a row now. We've had these incredible people from Let Our Children Go who are highlighting these issues surrounding our um, our families and our culture. It's just important stuff. And tomorrow on the program, we'll finally talk with Joseph Johnston, who wrote a book that's called The Decline of Nations, which is in part about how the family and our rule of law and other things have uh, been diminished. Uh, a very interesting book. Again, Republic Publishers. One bo- uh, uh, outfit I like is uh, going to do that book. So, all right, let me talk to you about something tonight. I mentioned um, on my Periscope this morning uh, that I was so excited about uh, the president's use of the pardon power. President Trump has been very unique in how he has utilized the pardon power um, to allow uh, people to get a second chance. And I argued in this Periscope at some length that um, that there's a lot of um, aspects to that. 
that, that President Trump has admitted he was a bad husband his first two marriages. He's admitted that he was wrong on abortion when he was pro-abortion in his life. He's admitted he was bankrupt. He admitted he worked too much. He's kind of been fairly upfront about his flaws. He doesn't exactly apologize for them, as you know, um, but he just you know they're there. And there's something about that that's sort of very American and very human and very liberating, And I think, I would argue. And he's had a consistent record of pardoning people, good people that deserved a break. Alice Johnson, the woman that was in prison for a couple of decades because of driving the car in a a, a drug deal, but it was a big drug deal and there was maybe a violent crime attached to it. And and the the, um, Criminal Justice Reform Act um, that President Trump championed and a lot of conservatives, you know, hardliners like me, were not that excited about it at first and, and came along. So there's been this track record that he has. Oh, Jack Johnson, the boxer from 100 years ago who was convicted of the, a violation of the Mann Act because he, the leading a boxer in the world at the time, African-American, happened to date a white woman that was against the law in the early 1900s. Obama didn't pardon Jack Johnson posthumously. Clinton didn't. Bush didn't. Nobody did. Donald Trump did. And he did it, I think, because... Evander Holyfield, maybe, or um, could have been Tyson, but also Rocky Balboa, Rocky uh, Sylvester Stallone asked him to. So he has his track record. And I told you I was so pleased that uh, Congressman uh, Stockman, Steve Stockman, was pardoned uh, yesterday, uh, pardoned. And, and his, actually, I misspoke. He, his sentence was sentence was commuted and he was released from prison. And he's a nice guy. Um, his crime had to do with um uh, financial uh, around campaign finance uh, filings and things. Uh, and again, I don't know if he did something wrong, but he was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for it. It was just a bit much. Anyway, he got his his, uh, his um, uh, a, com- a commutation. But here's the pitch I want to make you and I'll put, I want to make to you all and to President Trump. Roger Stone had his sentence commuted. He deserves to be pardoned. Roger Stone is the one guy who the whole time when the Russian hoax, the Russia hoax and the coup on the president was going forward, actually held the line. He, he was actually the one guy. I don't know if there was anyone else. General Flynn, too. But General Flynn was sort of um, General Flynn was being persecuted for General Flynn. They wanted to take out a man that they knew how they knew was going to be in power. And that's what they did to him. You know, they wanted to get rid of Flynn because Flynn knew how and where the bodies were buried. That's what he did. So but here but, the, you know, the, but the reality was that uh, that um, the Roger Stone was someone who was standing up to the uh, bullies, to the people who were bullying uh, our nation you know and uh, and and so what what i what i think when i when i watch uh what happened to roger stone and what i think to tell people is you have to believe in american justice i do coming full circle it doesn't matter that roger stone was sort of a friend of donald trump's in the past it wasn't like they were best friends in fact roger stone has an ability to say the truth of what he thinks so regularly that I don't know he stays friends with everybody forever. I mean, he's, he's, he's just too honest. That's going to sound crazy. Some people are going to say, Roger Stone, he's brutally honest about politics, about what people do. He doesn't sugarcoat it on anybody. 
And so Roger Stone deserves a he wrote a piece over at Gateway Pundit. You'll see it. I'll put it up on social media. He also deserves a second chance. And I, I'm joining in others who are saying, hey, Roger Stone, he I went to mass with him. I went to mass with he and his wife a few months ago with my family. And, and look, I've only known Roger for five years. A lot of people know him for a lot longer and a longer career. But what I know and what I see is a man who, first of all, I want to say why he got in trouble. Everybody else ran for the hills. And he stood tall. He fought. He actually fought the coup against the president in the way he knew how. And as he got basically persecuted by prosecution, he continued to stand tall. It's not being written about right that this guy was vindicated in fighting back in not caving. They were doing to him what they did to Flynn and Flynn escaped. And I won't make a list, but he could, and he probably will in a book soon enough. There's lots of people that in order to be uh, spared having to be charged and tried like Roger was, caved and walked. And some of them even lied and walked. And it's not my necessarily for me to talk about who they were, but you can run through in your mind. A whole bunch of people testified before the grand jury and got a walk. They didn't get themselves put through the the ringer like Roger did. And that's because a lot of them said what they needed to say. That's how that thing works. So I, I hope and pray for Christmas that Roger Stone gets a pardon, a full pardon. So he's totally back. Also, he'd like to, I think I'd like to have Roger Stone vote. I think that'd be great. But also, he just needs to get clear. He needs to get clear, th- clear of all this because they'll never rest. The left will never rest. And uh, he deserves it. He, he's earned it. So uh, I'm glad to have that. I'll post that up on social media. All right. We got so we got another show before the uh, before the week is out. So don't worry. We'll be back together. But uh, again, please go to ProAmericaReport.com and track all these uh, great interviews and uh, get signed up for the Daily Wink. Thank you to Noah, our great technical director. Joanna for helping book our great guests. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.